Mike, how's it going, man? Oh, Mike. man, it's going well. Enjoying myself, enjoying life. You know, uh, just enjoying the victory. I know people are trying to take that, that joy away from it, but they can't do it. <laughs> I was going to say, that's uh, that's sort of why I've uh, got you to come on today, obviously, to ask a few questions about um, the fight and people's comments and all that bollocks and uh, the haters hating, basically. But um... See, I said in my post-fight, I said to all the bums, the biggest and haters, and those have been the three people to come at me. So it's like... I think I, I call it was my their call to action when I said their names. They was like, "Yo, we got to run at this guy." So obviously, for people that may tune into this and don't know who you are, introduce yourself and let everyone kind of yeah, know you know, I'm Mike Jackson. You know, I'm a Houston uh, combat sports media personality. You know, I cover you know whether it be com any kind of combat sports, boxing, MMA, kickboxing. Uh, I work with uh, promotions uh, like Legacy Fighting Alliance. You know, with uh, uh, it's called Submission Hunter Pro, which is in uh, all like, like basically a grappling super fight promotion. You know, I'm a photographer. I do uh, analyst and commentary. I do so many things outside of fighting. You know, so fighting is just the actual competition is just one one aspect of my life. I do so many other things, and I just enjoy building up the sports. I enjoy promoting them. I enjoy you know uh, helping up and coming prospects get their names out there and that's what I use my platform for and like I said before the fight that's what I'm using my platform here to do I'm here to take the Mike the Truth Entertainment brand to another level and with that you know everyone gets to come with me yeah I mean um, obviously it's kind of the polar opposite to say Dana White the other day who was you know being a bit uh bit of an ass to be honest about sort of your your, your victory now, I mean I wouldn't say it to him well I probably would if he was in front of me because I'm I'll just say what I mean and that's it but yeah, he, you know he, he should be kind of you won you won the fight big you up you know and he kind of done the same thing I think to um Woodley after that uh Damian Meyer fight he was like um saying uh who would want to pay for that fight again who would want to see right. Woodley fight again and I think to myself Dana why the fuck do you keep why do you put down your fighters like after they've just had a victory you should be promoting them not demoting them do you know what I mean a hundred percent man and, and that's what I don't understand about it is like look if you don't it, it, let's just say you don't like the fight right then they, they don't like the fight but again he didn't he from where he was sitting he he didn't understand you know where I was coming from he didn't understand my perspective and I, you know, I asked one of the reporters after we did a post-fight interview, and you know, he brought up the showboating comment. So I was like, "Hey, do you feel that I was showboating and taunting?" You know, uh, well, I, I brought this up after, but he had mentioned. Um, he said, "Well, in the moment, I did, but then I remember what you said in the post-fight. I went back and watched the fight, and I was like, oh, okay, I get what he's talking about.' So in that moment, while the fight is happening, it may have looked one way." But those weren't my intentions. Mm. And if uh, if I would have had an opportunity to explain that to Dana, he would before he said what he said, then I think it would have changed his perception, and his idea about the fight. But Dana is an emotional person, and he just he says what he says at the, when when he thinks it, you know. And I think that's one of the downsides about Dana White. But like I said, you know, he, it's his opinion, and there's nothing I can really do about that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I watched uh, Joe Rogan's sort of review um, of the fight, and he said about like 
CM Punk should kind of give up basically and he was just like oh yeah uh, Mike Mike was just tickling him you know and blah 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 like fooling around <laughs> with him I didn't really tickle him <laughs> I didn't re- okay that was okay that part alright I did I, I, like he rolled for a knee bar and I've kind of always wanted to do well I should say well people get me in that position like while I'm kind of like being patient away from the move I'll just I'll just pretend like I'm tickling him a little bit that's mm-hmm. all I was doing but then people get mad at that I'm like yo like People have literally like laid down in fights and, and they do all this other thing and I pretend to tickle someone and y'all get upset about it. Like, come mm. on, man. It's like um, uh, Khabib when he's like talking to people as he's beating them up, you know, giving them smack talk, like quit or lay like, come on. <laughs> you know, and, you're, and, and yeah, it's kind of acceptable for, like you said, people to lay down in the middle of the ring or um, Cody Garbrandt to be like dancing around people he did the and robot. stuff. Yeah. He did the robot. <laughs> but, I didn't do the robot. <laughs> you should have got it in there, man. Should have got it in there. I should have did the robot. Maybe it wouldn't be so mad. Um, so how do you think the fight went for you, like, personally? Like, obviously, um, I know you got fight, the win. but Yeah, you know, the fight went, you know, like I said, I, I wanted to get the first round knockout. And then after that didn't come, I was like, go out here and have fun. You know, and I stuck to the game plan 100%. I had UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich in my corner giving solid instruction. I had my, my coach, Robert Perez, giving solid instruction. And then my I had he was more like the the jokester of the group. My my uh, podcast co-host, Richard Burmaster, podcast called The Truth About Stuff, final iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all of those good ones. Um, you know, he was in the corner for comic relief, but he does that. He has a wrestling background as well. So it's not like he he doesn't know anything about fighting. He knows wrestling. He works for Legacy Fighting Alliance. Um, so, you know, dude is knowledgeable. But as far as the corner goes, you know, we followed the game plan to a T, you know, and, and that's all that matters. So about my performance, could have been better? Sure, it could have been better. Could I have done some things a little differently? Sure. But hindsight's twenty twenty, And as far as the fight goes as it stands, I'm 100% cool with it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. What would you have done differently now with hindsight in, in mind, obviously, with the reaction to say everyone else from outside is going you know this shouldn't have been on pay-per-view or whatever would you have just gone well, in there and tried to I wouldn't have, spark him i wouldn't have done anything differently as far as like from the fans perspective just my own personal i, I criticize myself at times i'll go back and and i haven't watched the fight yet but just from from memory i remember some things that i've done or, or didn't do that uh, i would change but as far as like pleasing the crowd and pleasing dana white Nah, I would have done the exact same thing. Mm. So what's your take on sort of um, like those UFC fighters tweeting about it and like people saying, you know, oh, this is, I think uh, Mark, I had Mark Diakisi on here a while ago. He's a nice guy, but he was just kind of like laugh out loud, you know, hating on it as well. So what, what's your view to, to those guys? No, no Man, fucks. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I, I got people, you know, I have, uh, I have solid, several fighters who reached out to me after and they was like yo you did your thing that's all that matters you know um and and as look it's not about them it's not about their opinions and what they think on the fight like it was my fight to have and it was my fight to go out there perform or or myself and feel and so that's all that matters and if i'm cool with it that's all that matters Mm. and what's your take on uh, daniel bryan because he obviously you know the WWE star. He tweeted you, and I saw your response, and I was I was fucking laughing. You know? <laughs> it's like, it, it, hey man, I'm not even upset about it. It's Daniel Bryant, you know, 
Although I'm not a like I, I've never been like a Daniel Bryan fan because just from that part of wrestling, I hadn't gotten back into it. I, I understand his popularity, you know, and I understand he even has uh, a little bit of like some cash wrestling background and things like that. But I'm cool with it. I'm hey, I, I'm all about the. I told you I'm an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? And so now I have the other entertainers coming at me. Hey, I mean, it's cool. It's keeping my name out there. Well, it actually is sending my name into the, the, the wrestling world a little bit more, mm. you know, and which is not, not a space I'm necessarily, uh, you know, privy to. But uh, it's doing wonders for me. So I, I get more wrestling fan hate than anything. So I'll be, like I said, I was a heel going into the, to Chicago. And uh, I didn't necessarily think I was going to be a heel coming out. But apparently I am. I'm just going to roll with it. So, in short, what what's kind of next for you in the world of UFC? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. As as far as what's next in life, man, we on this Truth Food Tour. That's what we're on right now. We're about to head out to Lake Charles for Submission Hunter Pro. Uh, but it's Lake Charles, Louisiana. Some of the best food ever comes out of Louisiana. So I'm going out there to enjoy myself. Uh, in a couple weeks, well, next week we have LFA out Beaumont. Um, I'll be at that. True food tour is gonna to be put on hold. No one wants to go to Beaumont for food, and then uh, and then the week after that, we're going out to Nashville, Tennessee. You know, for more of the True Food tour with a little bit of a uh, submission hunter pro jujitsu. So that's what's number. That's what's first right you now for me. Um, but as far as fighting in the UFC, I mean, we just have to wait and see what what happens and see what uh, what opportunities present themselves. Yeah, have you heard anything from Dana at all? Has he got back to you? Because I know, <laughs> I think you sent him nah. some messages or something. Or wanted to, I, you know, I reached to out to, I reached out to Uncle Dana. You know, he he he's a little upset at me right now. He's like, you know, when the family when the family gets a little spat, you know, so he's not talking to me for whatever reason. But hopefully, you know, he he comes around and he realizes he just made a, a rash decision here, it, it just quick in the moment, emotional, and uh, he'll just w- willing to sit down and talk to me for a little bit. You know, even if it's like five minutes. You know, and just to just for him to understand, you know, that his opinion of what happened was completely wrong. And I know, you know, it's, you can't opinions nearly right or wrong, but from his perspective, it was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because that again, what he thought I was doing, I wasn't doing. Yeah, because I mean, I think he said like he's he's firing you or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. I read it somewhere. You know, the internet's littered with stuff, but I don't know how much truth there is to that. Or and the internet is, man, the internet just runs with everything. I have people literally, they're like, you're fired. Like, they're, they're telling me I'm fired. They're telling me, you know, because Uncle Dana said, or Dana said. I was like, yeah, all y'all are doing is just, these are sound bites. No, one ever, no one's forming their own opinions. They're just going by what the internet says. And like I said, it is what it is, man. You, these people, they're stuck in their ways. Mm. You know, it's the internet. They're, people on the internet, they, they're the personalities and I think it's an extension of people's real lives, but it, they, there's no accountability. So they, they can say what they want to say, and then there is no, well, let, let's discuss it. They don't want to discuss it. It's just their opinion, and that's it. Yeah. So I can't, you can't argue with the internet, man. It, it's, a, it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah, I always hate that as well. You've always got uh, keyboard warriors that are like, Fuck, fuck this guy, man. I'll beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and you're like, you say, Dude, say have, that to me. I please. have little kids, man. I have like these teenagers. And I, I don't even respond to them. It, <laughs> it, it, it does nothing. I'm not responding to some kid about him being able to whoop my ass. I'm like, dude, I will mush you in the face and push you some, push you down like a bully on a playground. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to beat up a 15-year-old you know, or a 14. I, I have 14-year-olds coming at me. These are kids. I'm a grown man. What what is a fourteen year old gonna do to me? 
Nothing. <laughs> he's going to sneeze his little ass down someplace. <laughs> well, so what did you think of um, CM Punk as a, a, competi- like a competitor in, in the Octagon Review? Do you think, was he no, kind I, of out of his depth? You know, uh, that's what a lot of people I, said. Everything I said, I, I knew what it was going to the fight, you know, and... Um, I, I would there there was nothing that really surprised me as far as his fighting abilities because mm-hmm. I knew where he was and I knew what was going to take place. Um, I mean, he did some things that kind of like caught me off guard and I had to prepare. Like when he he went for a knee bar and I wasn't expecting that, so I had to defend that. And then um, he jumped guard for the guillotine, and I, I had to defend that. But but other than that, like I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised by by his fighting abilities. I knew where he was. He's like doing a, uh, a jump, jumping for the guillotine. You're like, oh shit. Well, yeah. Oh. So if, if you watch <laughs> when he jumps for it, I was kind of like off balance, and so you see me kind of like stump, shimmy back to get my back to the cage because I was I was really off balance. I, if I just stood there, I probably would have went down. But I, yeah, you know, I kept my balance. I kept my composure. I got my back to the cage, and then like I said, after that, we just I dropped him down to the ground and uh, gave him a little bit of business. Did, would you say, but basically carried him for for the fight pretty much, rather yeah, than yeah, hundred percent. Look, here, here's the thing, man. It's like and carrying is a, is a boxing term. I know a lot of people may not in the MMA world may not know it, but we're in a situation like in this fight. There is nothing like on the line outside of just bragging rights, right? And for me, I knew what it was going into the fight. Now, obviously, I wanted to be more cautious because. Again, who wants to be the guy to lose to CM Punk? You know, I'm a forever meme if that happens, right? So I'm a I'm a bit more cautious, you know, because to me this isn't like uh, we win and we move up the rankings or anything like that. It's just a fight, you know. And so the way I looked at it during the fight was that there's no there's no reason or, or need for me to hurt this guy. And I said it before. I was like, look, I'm not trying to hurt him. I just wanted to beat him up enough where he understands that there's levels to the sport. And make him not want to do this anymore. And I showed that. I proved that he wasn't on my level by the ass beating that I gave him. And that I sent him to the hospital. That's all he needed. I didn't have to leave him face down on the canvas. I didn't have to leave him, you know, you know, in on the mat where they have to pick him up and sit him on the stool. You know, look, he has family there watching. He has his little lady there, AJ Lee. She's there. He has other friends. He has people watching. There was no need for me to leave him out like that. You know, I wanted to give him, let him go out on it, let him walk out of that cage on his own. You know, I wanted him to have some dignity because I know if the shoes were reversed, I look, that's one that that's a fear is to be knocked out and have like your like my mother is watching and all these people are watching my family and friend. That's a fear to be knocked out and have these people witness that because they don't know what's going to happen. You know, they don't look anything can happen in the fight. You know what I'm saying? There are people been knocked out. They die later, you mm. know, or their lives are never the same after. You know, I didn't want that for him. Now, I'm a more compassionate person than, you know, a lot of other people. These Man, these people are some savages out here, dude. They wanted me to leave this dude dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was like, there was no need for that. You know, we, we, knew, what it, we knew what the fight was going mm. in. I, and I told people that there were levels to this. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and I even met like, yo. This fight shouldn't be in the UFC. I said that really shouldn't be on pay-per-view. But the reason it was in these positions was because of his name. You know what I'm saying? And so we had to be there. But like I said, from my point of view, 
I didn't have to leave this dude incapacitated on the mat. All I needed was to get a win and let that guy walk out, and that's what I did. Yeah, it's kind of strange as well, because like you said, you know, you knew kind of the, the quality of the opponent and where it should be placed, maybe not on the pay-per-view, right. and yet then you're kind of getting the flack because you did what you needed <laughs> to do, got the win, and yet it's suddenly your fault that it was on pay-per-view, and do you know what I mean? And you're kind of just like, right. oh, I didn't make the choice like, of where we were fucking slotted in. I just, exactly. I, I just did my about? job, you know? I just turned up. Did what I needed to do, showed him, let him walk out, and that's it. Job done. Case closed. Now get off my ass, basically. And people, but people are mad at me for that. They they mad at me because I didn't knock this dude out. Mm. They were like, "Ah, oh, you suck because you went the distance with CM Punk and you could have knocked him out and you didn't." You or they they're mad like they're saying it was I was disrespectful because I didn't knock him out. <laughs> I was like, dude, like y'all people are just y'all are twisted in life, man, yeah. and it. Like I guess it is what it is. On the um, obviously, because you said you do sort of journalism for other sports, I know it was quite a long time ago. But what was your take on the uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight, and kind of what went down? Do you think Floyd carried Conor, or what's your take on the? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Look, I told people, look, there's levels to this, man. Like, and you think this guy with 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 zero pro boxing experience is gonna go in there with arguably the arguably the greatest boxer ever? He's the best defensive 100%. Mm. You know what I'm saying? As far as you look at it from that way. And you expect this guy to go in here and, and, and beat him? Like, y'all are silly. So, again, you have a fight. And you, or you have this boxing match, which is arguably one of the biggest boxing matches ever, giving the names involved, right? And it makes no sense for Floyd to go out here and wash him. Because, again, people already bought that fight. You got to entertain him. Floyd knows how the business works. And I'm the same way. I understand the business side of fighting. Mm. The fans don't. You know what I'm saying? So now you have it where Connor and his, ah, I went, I went six rounds with, with Floyd, the greatest ever. Well, you went six rounds because he allowed you to go six rounds. You know what I'm saying? Just like with Phil. He went the full three rounds because I allowed him to go the three rounds. And again, it's not a knock on it. It's just I didn't have to knock the guy out. I could People saw the fight. If you watch the fight, I heard him several times in each round. I could have went in for the kill, but I chose not to. For what? To get to, to hurt him, to give him more brain damage? Yeah. Like, it wasn't necessary. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't necessary for me to leave this dude laid out on the mat. Because that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want, like, a, people are oh, why aren't you finish with the ground and pound? Well, I didn't want a TKO finish. I wanted either a knockout. Oh, well, I wanted the knockout finish. But since that didn't come, I was like, well, let's just, right, let's, let's, look, we don't know how many, how long, if we're going to get these. I knew... He wasn't going to get another opportunity for, to, to be in the cage because, again, that was my goal was to make sure he never fought again. You know, for me, it, it's up in the air what happened. So I was like, yo, let's get the full 15 minutes. It ain't going to hurt. I mean, it's not going to hurt anybody. Well, apparently it hurt a lot of people's feelings. But, <laughs> you know, in my mind, it wasn't going to. In the moment, I was like, it won't hurt anything. Just get the full 15 minutes. And people were mad, so. Yeah, and as well as, like, obviously you don't want to chase the knockout because you don't want to potentially gas or like find yourself feeling a bit fucked you know what i mean like oh i'm tired of this pace you know you don't want to like force the knockout you don't want to be trying to ground and pound him and he's just like laying there and he's not quitting because he's got some immense heart and you're thinking to yourself shit man i'm feeling a bit tired you know so you just stick to the game plan don't you and and there you go i stuck to the game plan 100 percent 
So what does it take to be uh, like a top top athlete within the UFC? Like, what's your sort of give on that? Because, uh, you know, obviously, do you train every day? What's your sort of routine like? Man, these, guy, these guys, to, to be a top athlete, you have to dedicate your life to this sport. You know what I'm saying? And that's not something that I necessarily have. Again, I love the sport. And I've, I've dedicated my life from the sports aspect, but I haven't, I'm not dedicating my life to the training aspect of it. Look, the, the, the training for this fight alone was crazy. It changed my whole life schedule up. And I know what it takes to do all that. And I'm not, I'm just w not willing to make that kind of life adjustment, hmm. you know, because I have my hand in so many different fires. And, and if I were to train full time and for, for, for an MMA fight, that's going to take away from other things that I'm enjoying with my life. You understand? So for me, you know, for me to have another MMA fight, it has to be the right money fight. I'm not fighting again. I'm not fighting on a regional show for $1,000, you know. Yeah. Um, but to be an elite level fighter, man, you have to, you're dedicating your life to this, man. So you're training two to three times a day. You have, you know, you, you're not just training in one space. You're going over here for one thing, for jujitsu, and one over there for striking, over there for strength and conditioning. Uh, then you have to add the recovery aspect into it. You know, for me, I added cryo with the I sugar, uh, I cryo sugarland, and then I added the uh, the float tank with the sensory different separate sensory deprivation tanks from Urban Float in, in uh, Houston Heights. So I added these things, and then people have you know massage therapists, and some people have mental coaches. I mean, there's so many aspects of this game that to be an elite level competitor. You have to prepare for and you have to be willing to make these sacrifices. You have to have a nutritionist to make sure your 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 diet is going well. You know what I'm saying? There's so many facets of this game that people on the outside don't understand and don't comprehend, you know, but you have to make these sacrifices if you want to be the best. Mm. Yeah, because I did, um, I, I've done two podcasts with uh, two different people, uh, Phil DeRue from American Top Team who trains... Uh, Dustin Poirier and Joanna Jacek in strength and conditioning, and um, he was really interest, like really interesting to talk to, and uh, I still keep in contact with him now. We do sometimes like a UFC panel show, um, where, okay. we, where we predict like UFC two twenty four or whatever, like the the fight and the outcomes and stuff like that. But he was um, telling me, you know, like these guys they train like savages, and you know, okay. obviously, but, yo. I was just like thinking. I ran into um, I ran so in my workout room um, uh, I ran into to Uriah Faber and we were just talking about alpha male, and I know there's several people I know from the Houston area that have traveled out to to uh, to the alpha male gym and train, and one thing they used to, he said, "Yo, man, it's either sink or swim in here. Some people they can handle it; they they're cut out for this, and other people can't." And so, I, and so that was one of the questions I asked him was, so we were, we were just having a conversation talking about guys. And so after I said, Hey, what, what's the reason for the whole sink or swim thing? And he said, it's a lifestyle. Hmm. If you're not ready to change that lifestyle, then you're not, you're going to sink. You know, again, these guys are training, um, uh, uh, they're training several times a day and, you know, they're doing all these things. You have to be ready to make that that adjustment for you. Your living changes. These dudes are living in. Some people are living in dorms when they go and travel across the country. I'm not willing to live in anybody's dorm to go train. You know what I'm saying? I'm comfortable living where I'm at mm. in my king size bed with the memory foam joint. I'm not giving that up. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but that's the difference. But and then I said that like everyone has their own path at this, and that my path, how I got to the UFC, is going to be a hundred percent different than someone trying to fight for a title. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And again, they're they're making sacrifices that I'm just not willing to make. You know what I'm saying? So that's the difference between you know uh, where you have the elite level, the champions, and then just guys just going through the motions. Yeah. So how did you get noticed by the UFC or how did you kind of get in there? Because uh, there's a guy who's a friend of mine, his name's Stephen Hill, young MMA dude, coming through. He spoke to uh, Dan Hardy, who said he's got like quite a lot of potential. I tweeted a video of him and that. And uh, just kind of for him, like, how would he potentially be seen or how? Like, what's your story there? Well, for me, it was um, it, it was all about right place, right time, knowing the right people, uh, and, and then just look, my brand strong, you know, especially out here in in the in the South Market, and it just so happens that you know I, I had the right connections as far as like the personnel goes, and that's really how it happened. As far as you know, the young man who who again, his goal, I'm guarantee you, his goal is to be a UFC champion. I, I guarantee you that's his goal, right? He's going to be on a different path than I am. So for him, it's all about being able to stand out. He obviously has to be a good fighter, mm. but he has to have he has to have that intent. He has to have whether it be his 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 charisma, whether it be, you know, is a witty guy, does he know what does he carry how he carries himself, the presentation, there're all of these factors, but most importantly, it's about who you know. That's number 1. Uh, and, and people have to understand that you have to, it's just like with any other business, mm. it's about networking and meeting the right people. These people out here who the better chances of getting in, if they know a Mick Maynard or a Sean Shelby, the matchmaker to the organization, or if you have a manager who you can't like another thing that they're now, especially in the UFC managers aren't necessarily needed anymore. Um, it, you know, outside of certain things, but there are a lot of top level managers who have that connection you have to get with them you know it's it, it's that's i would say is the number one it's all about networking and who you know yeah so what do you think about the uh i don't know whether it's been confirmed yet wilder and the joshua fight you're excited for that and who do you i am i am excited for that who um i don't you know i don't know who to pick man I, i'm liking uh anthony joshua in that but you the power of wilder man you know that that's it that's something that you can't really factor in, you know, and, and man, if he catches him, it's a wrap. We know that. <laughs> do you think, um, do you know much of, obviously you must know about Tyson Fury. Do you think he comes yeah. back and schools them both with boxing masterclass or no. just, just, get, <laughs> just gets obliterated out there by pure power? He's going to go out there and get, like, he's going to get washed. Yeah. Uh, he better, yeah, he better, he better simmer down. I mean, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe he holds his own out there, but I think those are two of the, the top level heavyweight boxers and it's going to be a great fight. You know, once it, and I know they're talking about it, it was, it was, it's going to get made, but you know, until contracts are signed, until we start seeing those promos, you know, in my eyes, you know, it hadn't been made yet. Um, but no, I'm excited for the fight. You know, I'm also excited. I love, you know, I'm out here in Houston. I love what the Charlo brothers are doing. Uh, there's another guy that I actually train. We train at the same gym. His name is Regis Progress. Uh, uh, Progress and and dude is a beast, man. 
You know, so these are a little lower level. These are like the 40, like the, oh, I can't remember what Regis fights at. He's like a 42 champion, 47, somewhere around there. Charlo Brothers are 65 champions. Um, man, Houston, we got, like, we, we got some nice stuff out here. <laughs> and I'm guessing they've got that um, sort of mentality as well that they're willing to sacrifice everything because they want that title. That's what I'm saying. So Regis, this dude came from New Orleans when when the hurricane, I think it was Katrina, he migrated out here. This dude, he he, I've seen this guy since I, I've been knowing Regis, man, probably about at least seven years, six seven years, and I've seen him work his way up from just like a lower level pro to a to a world champion. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen the hard work that he's put in, not only in the gym, but when he goes out there and performs, and you know he makes these call outs. You know, um, the dude is good. You know, the Charlo brothers. I, I didn't, I didn't follow their career early on. I, I was aware of them, didn't, didn't really see them box until maybe the past, uh, probably about four or five years. You know, I was really watching the Charlo brothers and just watching them progress and grow as fighters, man. Like it's, it just take it, it's people don't understand what it takes to become a champion. Not even just to be really good, mm. but to become champion, it takes something that that not everyone has in them, you know, and, and that's not something that you can necessarily teach. You know, it's just something that you, you, you born with. Yeah. And if you don't have that, 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 that gift, man, it's, it's tough out there to become, come to the top of the top. What separates the great from the good, really? Do you know what I mean? Like just that, that little 5% or whatever that they've got that they're willing to give. Whereas others may, may fall a little bit short as well as right. talent and molding their skills. So why right. did you um, why did you get into podcasting? Like, how long have you been in the podcasting game for? Ooh man, I've been doing podcasts uh, for about three four years. You know, for me it was just one of those things. Like, for I got started doing like these video blogs um, as far as like the media personality goes, and as the sport, I was doing video blogs. Like, I was providing content before providing content was a thing. Mm. You know, um, and, and that's how I, my name blew up out here on the on the, on the sort of the, the south region of the country. And then, um, you know, as everything evolves, you got to evolve with the times. And then podcasting for me was just the next step as far as providing content. And because people watch the blogs for my personality, they watch to, to the things that I say and, and just the entertainment value. So for me, I had to evolve and you know, the podcast was just the next step. And so I jumped on it and, you know, we're having a great time with that as well. And we want to be making that Joe Rogan money, you know. He's on that, <laughs> I swear he's on that one 70 day. grand or something, man, for like per yeah, podcast one episode. Day, man. One so, day, not, not right now. I'm like, fuck me. No wonder why you're releasing the fucking podcast episode every day, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's doing that with the money like that. Just right. It's mad. Um, so for those that don't know, what's your podcast about? Uh, it's called the truth about stuff, and it's it. <clears throat> the main topic is it, obviously we cover we we talk about fights because that's what what primarily we're we're dealing with. Or you know we both work for LFA, you know, so we're we're providing you know just fight coverage and content. Uh, but then we just talk about regular pop culture stuff. So we like to 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 parallel the two. Like we like to tie in the pop culture with with fighting. But sometimes we it's just I like it because for me I want it to be stuff that I'm interested in as well. And I, I, for me, I'm out, I'm interested in other things outside of fighting, you know. So it, it just depends on what's going on that week, and uh, it, it'll make the podcast. Yeah. So for someone new that's kind of uh, 
wanting to come and listen to your podcast, what would you recommend as your favourite episode that they could tune into? Oh, get man, them, I don't get have... them hooked. <laughs> I don't really have a favourite one, man. Just just listen to the most recent one. You know, uh, the, the one that I posted yesterday, which I need to share today. Um, it was about the... It was about my experience during fight week at, you know, for UFC 225. You know, it, it was, it was, you know, the, the, the fight week itself, man, it, it was just a great experience. You know, for me, it, it almost feels like summer camp, like a week-long summer camp. You, you're here hanging out. You got a bunch of fighters everywhere in a hotel. And <clears throat> even you see them around, like, the city a little bit. You, you, you do different things, you know. So it, it was a great experience from that way. And then you cap it off. With fighting, <laughs> you know, it's just it was just a great experience. So for this week's podcast, we talk a little bit about that, and then we re, we we uh, we recap recap the card a little bit. We talk about what's next in the middleweight title, you know, uh, the, the titles uh, realm, mm. and um, uh, I think that's about it for this week. Yeah, this one was kind of a brief one, but next week we're gonna get back to. We're gonna be previewing the LFA card, or you know, there's a lot of stuff going. I mean. A bunch of stuff goes on during it during during the week about in May, so anything that comes up, we don't discuss it. Do you have um like, who, who, sorry, my words are all over the place. Who's been your like best guest? Have you had like a guest appearance on? Who's been your biggest? Um, biggest we've had we we've had a lot. I mean, I've interviewed many like big names, you know. Uh, but as far as the podcast, oh man, I can't even think off the top. We've had uh. All the champ we had like Darian Carl, so we, we get a lot of Bellator guys too. Uh, so we've had like some of the you know their champ. We had the Darian Caldwells. Um, we've had another champion on. I can't remember. We've had a few like uh, T.J. Dillashaw's, Eddie Alvarez's. Uh, I can't even think, man, off the top. To be honest with you. Still, man, I'm I'm jealous, man. I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> I'd love to be talking to those guys, man. So you're lucky to be to be well. You've made your own path, you know. You've made it happen. So, yeah. so respect for that. Obviously, I know you're short on time, so we can wrap things up if you want, man. Like I, oh, I yeah, appreciate. Cool, man. Okay. Yeah. For sure, man. I hope you enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed myself out here talking to you. Yeah, yeah, no, man. I pre- really appreciate. It. If we chat off cam for a couple of minutes, that'll be cool. Um, off, sure. off podcast, sure. just a little recap. Um, but yeah, uh, advertise yourself now. The floor is yours. Go. Yeah, man. Just everybody, you can follow me on all my social media. Stay up on the on the dope content that I provide. It's at the Truth Jackson on all platforms: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Uh, of course, the Truth About Stuff podcast. You can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, and as well as mythetruth.com forward slash podcast. And again, man, just just stay up on the dope content that I provide. You're gonna have you're gonna see a lot of uh, up and coming prospects come through through my social media platform. You're gonna see a lot of guys that's gonna make it to the UFC. Man, I mean, we had three guys this week. <clears throat> I had uh, Kevin Holland was on on I'm talking about the Contender Series. I had Kevin Holland, Alonzo Minifield, and Greg Hardy. Nice. You know, these are guys I've covered. Now, obviously, people know who Greg Hardy is, uh, but Alonzo Minifield, who had that crazy quick knockout. Uh, Kevin Holland, who went out there and put on a show, he had his, that was his first decision, by the way, on the show. You know, so these are these are up and coming prospects, man, that that are going to make it to the UFC, and you get to see them, you know, through my platform before they reach there. Yeah, no man, cool. I'll link all your um, links below, anyways, if you ping them over to me, so people Appreciate can find it. any of your sites on that Instagram, whatever. It will be linked below. But cheers for coming on, man. I appreciate your time, and I'll chat to you off um, off live in a second. Cool. Yeah.